to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and welcome to the show. This week, I am joined by two guests, Haley Peter and Joseph Hamer. They are the authors of a new book called Brain Awakes, Empowering Children Through Breath, Balance, and Reflection. Before we begin our conversation, I just want to give you a little bit about their background. A former elementary school teacher, Haley aspires to connect with kids' inner superheroes while fostering a playful space to learn and grow. With a master's in business administration and a focus on social responsibility, Haley lives in Santa Barbara, where she uses an inquiry-based approach to inspire a cultivated relationship with the mind and the body for all ages. She is an author, body worker, and breathing educator. Joseph is an influential elementary school teacher in Wichita, Kansas. Mr. Hammer is known by his colleagues for creating a safe and uplifting environment for his students to continuously learn and grow. Joseph recently began his writing career to empower parents and teachers to strengthen their children's social-emotional understanding. Haley and Joseph, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jessica. We're happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm so glad you could join me, and I definitely want to talk about your book, but before we get to that, I wanted to just kind of start at the beginning and get an idea of how each of you got into kids yoga and mindfulness. I guess, Haley, why don't we start with you? Yeah. um, In my undergrad studying elementary education, uh, Joseph and I went to the same college to study elementary education. And I just noticed that there was a really big need for um, something that was going to help my children learn. And I didn't know what that was yet. Um, So I started a yoga training program um, to teach yoga to adults and then there on out. I was just really excited to bring it into the classroom and see um, how I could better support my kids um, based on the breath, um, allowing different practices to really um, deepen their connection with um, their ability to learn and trust in themselves. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to just start to notice, I mean, it's so intuitive to children, so to start to notice how those things, you know, can really affect a learning environment. Um, Joseph, what about you? How did you start um, doing mindfulness with children in your classes? So um, my, I kind of started my own journey of mindfulness in 2017. Um, I, I was always hesitant to the practice and decided to test it out. Ended up falling in love with it for, um, I just felt so much more in control and, and of myself and I was noticing different things. So while I was teaching, uh, it became such a big part of my mind that I was noticing, thinking, man, this could really help some of my kids. So I started testing it out with uh, individual students and found just how much it did make an impact on it. One, they loved it. Um, And two, it just helped them slow down. So after um, 
that phase, I started doing it with my entire class every day after lunch recess um, as a way to kind of transition back into the classroom, get their minds ready to learn, but more importantly, just that extra piece of social-emotional learning every day. And I mean, it just totally transformed the community of my classroom. Um, I think the kids were more aware of how they were feeling, how they were making others feel. And uh, yeah, I just haven't stopped since then. It's been uh, uh, just such a cool journey. And what, um, for you, Joseph, what initially drew you to um, teaching young children? Yeah, so, man, I, it's actually a little bit funny. My mom was a, a secretary in the office of an elementary school when I was growing up. And so my last year of high school, I was looking to just take some easy classes to get through graduation and to community service. So I helped out at her school and um, just day after day, I found myself constantly looking forward to going back there and working with the kids. So I think the relationships, the growth, that ability to make a positive impact, it all captured me in a way that I knew that's what I wanted to do forever. So um, yeah, after I graduated, I, I started teaching and uh, been loving it ever since. Well, that's so great. And Haley, uh, have you taught in a classroom and then you transitioned to being a yoga teacher? Is that what happened in your journey? Yeah, um, I taught a little bit. I mostly did substitute teaching. Um, after I graduated, I uh, taught a little bit in Kansas in a variety of different schools and um, then came out to California and substituted as well. So I actually never taught, um, had my own classroom per se, um, but I've always been really curious about different contexts and how um, there's overlying themes um, within all different contexts. So I was really kind of experimenting with um, what could be of value and of service um, from my heart and my head. And um, yeah, it was kind of just a natural journey to taking a step forward and moving to California. Um, I'd grown up in Kansas um, since I was zero and I wanted to make sure that I saw a glimpse of another world and um, was able to kind of piece together uh, what I'd been inquiring about since I started college. And once you got to California and you started um, teaching yoga and having your kids' classes, um, can you just tell me a little bit about maybe how those classes have evolved and changed during this very um, difficult time in our world? Yeah, so um, it's been a really good opportunity to take a step back and put everything down on paper. Um, most of the stuff I create happens um, in action with the kids. A lot of it is storytelling and kind of understanding where they're at emotionally, what kind of emotions we're working through, whether it's um, something as simple as sharing with uh, preschoolers or something uh, more challenging like, um, self-doubt, uh, because I'm, I have the whole um, idea that I'm not good at math or I'm not good at reading based on, you know, comparison or um, where kids feel and think they should be. So during this quarantine, I um, was able to take a step back and truly write down um, on paper what it is that I've been doing for uh, four years now. Um, and then I've been working one-on-one -on -one with kids, too. But group classes. Um, uh, they're looking good for once we start getting back into feeling comfortable 
three, six feet away. But for the most part, I feel like um, the majority of the kids are um, just waiting to hear that next answer for what's going to happen with the school year. Um, before we started recording, Joseph and I talked briefly about how this book, you had talked about it, and then you, you were able to write it while in quarantine. So I thought that was um, really fascinating. So can you guys just tell me a little bit about where did the idea come from and what the process was like writing it together? Yeah, so um, like you said, uh, in 2018, I, I reached out to Haley um, with this idea I had from a mindfulness and activity book. Um, and it was such a young idea at the time. I had just finished a trauma-informed training. And uh, so I reached out to Haley. We both said, yeah, let's do this. And then uh, it kind of, it, it never really blossomed. Uh, but once uh, the pandemic kind of started, we were in quarantine. Uh, I reached out again. And man, it was just crazy how everything um, took off and lined up and our schedules fit out right. We, we met the right people at the right time. Um, and it was also motivating to write it during this time because we knew this social emotional learning, these healthy mind and body practices are more needed now than even ever before. Yeah, absolutely. I think for kids, for adults, for everybody. Um, and so how did you, how did that process work with, um, well, I guess even if you were in the same state, you still couldn't have seen each other. But with you guys being away, um, how did that work back and forth? Did you did you write stuff, send it back and forth? It's just so interesting to me to hear something is co-written. Yeah, I mean, Joseph is one of the most organized people I know and created a Google document. And it's so funny because when he first reached out to me about the book a year ago, I saw the Google document and I'm like, this is happening, but I don't know when. And it's just so cool that it's come into fruition. And um, so, yeah, we started with a Google document, um, everything shared online. And um, we kind of pieced together what we had, had already practiced with kids in person. And then from there on out, we would set goals. Um, we would come together and do a, some of the activities together based on what we needed. Um, and... Yeah, how long do you would you say it took Joseph to between the time we started and I mean July around the first week of July that it was published? Um, so it's it's unbelievable actually how fast it all came together. Um, I think it was about three months really. So Haley and I were were writing independently on the Google Doc, and then we'd meet like two or three times a week on Zoom and talk about what we've written, talk about what's coming next, and then we would hang up, keep writing, and come back to it. And then uh, it was also super cool just to see like the whole social-emotional learning aspect really get strengthened as we collaborated, and um, the book just like evolved and evolved, and we met the right people, the publisher, the illustrator, all in this short, brief time. And uh, oh my gosh, yeah, it's just, uh, it feels right. It feels um, like this is the right time to get this in the hands of parents and teachers. Yeah, it sounds like it's just so aligned. How did you, did you self-publish or did you go through a publishing company? We ended up so, going, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Haley. Oh, we ended up going through Waterside Productions. They're um, out of San Diego, but um, I have a friend that kind of connected me to them and 
they've published a couple of Eckhart Tolle's books and we looked online and we're kind of exploring both self-publishing and um, working with a publisher and when we saw that they have like a whole theme of um, spirituality and they've published books on mind-body we felt that it was really in line with what we wanted to do and since it's our first time um, we just kind of went with it we were like let's just do it like I don't know it just felt really right and it's funny too because like like Joseph said it kind of was like um well he didn't say this but I feel like it almost wrote itself like when we would come back together all of a sudden we're like oh my gosh this is like a hundred pages like we didn't plan on it being (laughs) that long and um yeah so it's really cool to have a publisher kind of help us and guide us and um and speed up the process. Right, absolutely. So now the book is available, right? It's on Amazon. So just anyone that's listening who wants to order it. Yeah, and we just launched our website also. So they can go to brainawakes.com and they can see, uh, obviously click on it to go get the book from Amazon or from Kindle. But then we also have like a whole community page and we're doing a, a feature of like a Brain Awake spotlight and um, lots of cool things on the website also. Oh, so cool. I have to check it out. Um, so now I was wondering if, I, I know I saw the description. It said that they were like little five-minute activities that are included in the book. I was wondering if you can give maybe an example of something that the readers might find. Sure. Um, uh I guess we could give you both. So our book is all about using yoga and mindfulness activities. So um, an example of a mindfulness activity that is one of my favorites to do with the kids is I have them open up their hand like they're showing me the number five. And then uh, we take five deep breaths, starting with the bottom of their thumb. We breathe in and trace up our thumb. We breathe out and trace down our thumb. We breathe in and go up our pointer finger, breathe out and go down the pointer finger. And so we do those, uh, those five breaths, and that is um, one of our self-regulation techniques. And, and the reason I love that practice is because it's so visual. So after we learn that one in the classroom, sometimes I see um, kids at recess or someone that's overwhelmed in a classroom or at a safe seat, and um, I see them doing that on their palm. And that's just like a moment for me where um, it's that's that re- rewarding moment for me. I like that. I've done breaths with using the hand, but I'd never had them tracing their finger. And I really like that, the tactile part of that. Yeah. So the, the tactile part's super engaging for them. It also makes them like incredibly aware of when their breath starts and stops um, because of that top moment. But yeah, I love that one. Yeah. And then I want to share, if we have time, um, one of the yoga activities. Yes, please. Okay. So, um, the yoga sections are, um, let's balance and it's all movement that you can do close to your desk or have more space um one of my favorites is probably chameleon pose because i've seen it um needed uh in the pandemic actually so um with kids you teach them that a chameleon can match their environment and Sometimes this happens with us, us and emotions. So um, when I walked into Trader Joe's to go to the grocery store when this first started, um, I noticed that I 
kind of turned into a chameleon. I saw the stress around me and um, was really taking that on and feeling it. And um, to teach kids that they have the power to notice it and um, observe it and then allow it to move through them, um, really regulating that emotion, whether it's fear, um, stress, anxiety, uh, doubt. And so in chameleon pose, um, we have kids stand up and the teacher engages the kids in copying her or his emotion first. Um, so the teacher might act happy and the kids will kind of move into a happy emotion and the teacher will maybe do like a charades of what it would look like to feel bummed out and the kids will um, reflect that. And then you kind of engage the kids in um, then creating their own chameleon and moving into um, what it feels like to move from uh, maybe anger to um, relief and um, acceptance. I love that so much. And I can relate as a, just an empathic person, that chameleon thing, you know, like kind of, and sometimes you, you know, even as an adult, I'm not even aware that I'm taking in everything and that it's not necessarily my emotion. So I love the idea of planting that seed for children to start to just become aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a blessing that we can feel the emotions of those around us because it's, um, definitely allows us to empathize um and then which empathy is a, a topic in our book a section in our book which is cool and then um moving forward it's like how can you take that empathy and create responsibility around it of although you do feel this you can observe it and it doesn't have to be um you know emotions are so temporary um and it doesn't have to be yours I've never heard that next step for children. I've heard, you know, teaching children about empathy, but I've never heard that idea of then, but what that next step is. If you do have the empathy, how do you take care of yourself? So I really love that. So I love that, this conversation. So the chameleon pose is in our empathy section. And after every activity through our book, there's three reflection questions at the bottom to help with the social-emotional learning, uh, uh, helping with that understanding. So, for example, with the chameleon pose, it says, turn to a neighbor and discuss what makes up the environment of the room that we're in. So then there's like a good opportunity to talk with your kids about what else makes up the environment? So if I'm feeling angry, I do that. But also, um, like the sunlight coming in the room, uh, the things on the walls. And then the next question is, how do your emotions affect the environment around us? And the one after that says, what type of environment is the easiest for you to work in? So then taking it from just noticing it to also being aware of is what what's what helps me work better? What makes me feel safest? What do I like or what do I not like? That's so wonderful because I think that every person's different in the environment that they can work best in. Some people need it to be super quiet. Some people would rather have have music or have noise or be working collaboratively. So that's just, I, I love how you're then, you're giving the concept, but then having kids really, you know, implement it into their experience. That's my favorite part too. During that reflection time, when I'm collaborating with the kids, 
I love pulling out all their different answers. I always try and get as many different ideas as possible because um, especially like in my classroom, we know that um, it's all okay. It's okay to have different ideas. And so also just letting kids hear that too. Like, oh, my friend likes it better than this, but I like it better in here and seeing how they're the same and different. That's a, a really big connection piece to build those relationships too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're talking right now during a global pandemic, during, you know, a time of so much tension, the racial injustice, the stress everywhere, protests. So it's a lot for us as adults to take in. It's a lot for children to also take in. Um, and, and I've been asking my guests how they're taking care of themselves during this time. I think it's helpful for us to hear. So um, let's see, I guess, Haley, why don't we start with you? What have you been doing to take care of yourself? Um, yeah, so I talked a little bit about how I just, um, whenever I get in a situation where I feel like I've transitioned into an, um, I wouldn't, I don't want to say unwanted emotion because that kind of gives um, that need to push any emotion away, but to just um, sit in the of the observer wherever I go and um, create a safe space before I leave the house because there is um, being empathic as well. I mean, I feel we are all empathic, but maybe experience it in different ways. But for myself, um, I really feel like uh, it's important to have certain things lined up that I know um, fulfill me. Um, it's been a blessing living uh, in a warm environment and getting sunlight and um, going to the beach. And I also feel like no matter what environment I'm in, um, grounding techniques are really important. So a lot of stress and anxiety um, can be perceived as a lot of light quality. Um, it's a very fast-paced energy, and it feels almost like shaky. And so if we can bring in um, this sense of, groundedness or the sense of the earth, um, we can really harmonize and balance our body and our systems. And then on the opposite of it is um, maybe more of a heavy feeling like, oh, I don't know when this pandemic is going to be over. Um, I'm missing my friends. That Those kinds of things um, will take on not an anxious um, emotion, but more of like a heavy weighted emotion and so to move through those you would do the exact opposite you would take in the lightness from the sky and observe how you can um, kind of balance both the light qualities and the heavy qualities so I've done that in the grocery store I'll do that you know in my house or on a walk and um, dogs have also been really interesting to observe um, I don't know if you saw this but there was a there was a dog um video that was posted like right as the pandemic started and this dog is talking about how um there seems to be a problem with the four-leggeds and he goes on and expresses like well like it, it really like okay how do I explain it he basically expresses um how simple life can be even though the stores are closed and um Things are not operating in the same way. So just kind of looking at it in the eyes through, uh, or through the eyes of a dog, you know, it sounds weird, but um, any living creature that seems to be able to 
um, harmonized, uh, not knowing everything else that's going on around them. Well, I have a dog, so I get that because my dog, yeah. Romeo, um, yeah, he's he's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. He's the chillest dog ever, and he clearly has no idea what's going on. I think he's just like, why are you guys always home? I'm not sure. But yeah, he's, I've found too, just like having him sit with me, it's so calming to just have to be around that. Absolutely. And what a gift to be able to just um, notice the environment that is created with that sense of calm and um, the ones you love, whether it's a dog or a friend or Joseph just got married, um, a wife. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all that, Haley. Joseph, how about you? How have you been taking care of yourself? Yeah, I think that's a lovely question. Um, you know, personally, I have a, I have a hard time slowing down. I feel like I'm always, I'm always moving and trying to generate something. And so this quarantine's really provided me with an opportunity to work on that. And, um, I think at the beginning I was struggling with it because, um, I had to remind myself that taking this time to do self-care, it's not running away from what's happening in the world. It's not closing my eyes to it. It's, it's the healthiest way for me to confront it. And so I tried, um, to remain present in what I'm doing throughout the day, whether I'm doing the dishes or, or writing or reaching out, meditating, going for a run, sitting on the couch with my wife. I try to give myself the liberty to live in the present moment. Um, and it's, it's been the best way that I've found that I could handle that stress, the anxiety, the fear of the unknown. Exactly. With the unknown, it's really all you can do is just try to stay present because the minute... I know like with my, my daughter, I'm like, is there going to be school? Is there not going to be school? As soon as my mind goes there, it just it's just unsettling and more anxiety. So like you said, just trying to stay present. Um, so I, I, also, I like to end the episodes with little kids yoga gems, but it can also be a kid's mindfulness gem. I think it's all very related. Um, so... For either of you who want to start, if you can offer one piece of advice to someone new to kids' yoga and mindfulness, what would it be? Um, I'd probably say meeting your children where they're at. Um, because when you're introducing something new, it's um, sometimes the best way to do it is to engage in their interest and be curious in um, what it has to offer. And so it's really a journey of self-discovery and inquiry. And um, I think that it's best to just come at it with a, well, we don't know. Let's see. Let's find out. Let's see what happens when we take a deep breath. Does it make us feel more calm? Does it uh, change the environment around us? Those kinds of things. Right. Giving the questions, not the answers. Keeping it open. Yeah. I love that. How about you, Joseph? Yeah, I think uh, mine is a, a, maybe a little bit heavy. I, I guess what I want to tell people that are, are just starting out to yoga and mindfulness with their kids is that their kids, you know, you're prob- they're not probably going to thank you right now. They, may, they might not even thank you in the future, but you're certainly instilling this healthy mind and body habit for them. So um, for me at the beginning, I got caught up in all the little things, trying to do the practice just right. And I learned that everyone's still figuring it out. So it was best just to have fun with it and 
to stay true to the core of that practice, which is strengthening our understanding and compassion for ourselves and the world around us. Um, in that moment when, when the kids do realize it, um, I had a, a student come back a couple years after being in my classroom and said, you know, my teacher um, told my class today that we need to do one of Mr. Hamer's activities. And um, he was saying that, like, it, it was a bunch of kids that used to be in my class, but all of them just remembered and decided that their class should start doing that again. So obviously none of that happened while I, I was with them, but the fact that those seeds were planted and were able to continue to grow that healthy habit um, later on, it was just, it was empowering. So to parents out there, um, be patient with it, but stick with it because those, those seeds that you're planting will truly grow. That's the best when you're, you don't know as a teacher, as a parent, you don't know how you're impacting them. And then to have those moments like that where someone tells you what, the, what they got out of it or to see that the child that was doing the breath um, that you described earlier, those kind of things, it kind of refuels you. Yeah, it's it's a it's the most rewarding part of teaching, and and honestly, any any type of serving and giving back, and and when you dedicate your life to working so hard at something, those little moments are are really what keep you going. Absolutely. Well, I, I know we mentioned it um, earlier, but can you just tell everyone again if they're looking for the book, um, or if they want to learn more about you guys, where they could find you? Yeah, the easiest place is brainawakes.com. Um, there you can find uh, more about us and um, all the other cool things on the site. Okay, great. And I know you're also on Instagram, right? Brainawakes. That's where I found you. Yep. So follow them there too. Yeah, well, Facebook, thank you so Twitter, much. Instagram, all of them. All of them. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm not good at Twitter, so that, I'm glad you guys, <laughs> you're venturing on there. Um, but thank you so much for joining me and um, for being here. And I, I can't wait to read the book and can't wait to see where it goes and who it reaches. Yeah, yeah the you. journey is truly just beginning. And we're so thankful that you had us on here, Jessica. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for all your inspiration and sharing um, different people's works to really empower children. It means a lot to us. And we can all work together to help our community grow from um, whether it's a child or parents or um, anyone like ourselves. We all need it in some way. We sure do. Thank you so much. All right. Bye talk bye. soon, you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've listened before, there are a few ways that you can help this podcast to keep going. So first, you can click subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave a rating and a review. This will help more people find the podcast. You can follow us on social media at the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and the Kids Yoga Podcast on Facebook. You can also email me. I love to hear your questions, comments, feedback. The Kids Yoga Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next week.